as I uh, woke this morning, I was reminded as I looked at Facebook and beginning to read about what people had said about activities that have happened over the last few days, I was just reminded of this story in Luke chapter 10. And it's a familiar story. It's called the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, there are times when inactivity is absolutely um, warranted. You look at a beautiful sunrise or a sunset. Pictures of, um, of beautiful things. Nothing that we could do would improve the situation, although we want to comment on them, that's fine, but we can't improve that sunrise or that sunset or the beauty of the mountain covered with snow or watch the ocean waves. We sit and we take it in, but there are times when activity is absolutely necessary, and I wonder sometimes if if um, we're either afraid to act or we're just frozen. We're just frozen because we're we're wondering what people would think about us if we did act. One of the dangers, I think, of Facebook and some social media is that we think that when we state our opinion, we've actually improved a situation. I don't think that's always true. Maybe that's a total overstatement on my part. But I, I think sometimes we are called to activity. This is a beautiful story, I think, in uh, Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 25, the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law, underline that, expert in the law. This was a man who knew what he was talking about. His activity may not have matched his knowledge, as we'll see, but, but he was an expert in the law. Uh, Luke gives him credit for that. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So he had a motive. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds, what's written in the law? How do you read it? Verse 27, he answered, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He quotes Two different scriptures from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, Leviticus 19, 18. Ironically, he doesn't quote from Exodus 20, which is the Ten Commandments. You have correctly answered, Jesus replied, do this, do this, not know this, but do this and you will live. Verse 29, he should have left it alone. But he went farther, but he wanted to justify himself. This is Luke overseeing, uh, or Luke uh, quoting what he has heard and what he's been taught about this man. So we ask, who is my neighbor? Wanting to justify yourself is something that we're famous for. We get caught doing wrong. We want to give an answer. We want to justify. We get caught doing nothing. We try to justify situations. Um, and therein lies the problem in the story. And maybe for the first time I've really seen this. It wasn't really about the law here. It was about justification of inactivity as far as I'm concerned. Just my opinion. Verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was about a 17-mile trip. 
and, and, and very dangerous. It was called the path of robbers. When he fell into hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road. Now, a priest was someone who was called to the priesthood. This is not just a title. This is a position. This is a position of someone who was selected from his peers and should have had compassion on people. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, these two men, um, the Levites were more of the lay people in the priesthood. But these two men should have had been men of compassion. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when, when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, you need to understand in this story what a Samaritan is. And this is out of a note. Uh, I think it's on Matthew in Matthew. It says, a Samaritan is a mixed blood race resulted from the intermarriage of Israelites left behind when the people of the northern kingdom were exiled and Gentiles brought into the land by the Assyrians. This is in 2 Kings 17, 24. But listen to this. That event, this exile and this intermarrying, uh, a marriage of these, these uh, Gentiles to Jews, happened 700 years before Christ, and yet the bitter hostility still remained. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, when Jesus is sending out the initial disciples, he tells them only to go to the lost sheep of Israel, verse 6. But in verse 5, he says, don't go to the Samaritans. That just seems very racially motivated, but really it isn't. Because in John chapter 1 and verse 11, it says, he came into his own and his own received him not. The message was first to go to Israel, to the Jews. And then when the Jews rejected it, he was opened up to the Gentiles. In John chapter 4, verse 9, we know that Jesus is not a racist because he goes to the well in Samaria and meets with a Samaritan woman and changes her life. And then after his death in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, he expands the message to, to go and to preach to all the nations and in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. So the message was expanded. Jesus wasn't a racist. Jesus was fulfilling a mission, and that was to come to the Jews first, and then to the Gentiles, and some of those Gentiles would be these Samaritans. He mentions the Samaritans because of this bitter rivalry. He wants to grab this expert's heart. So look what happens when the Samaritan comes upon this man. Verse 34, he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on him and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. We don't know how long he stayed to take care of him, but he didn't just minister to the need. He didn't just toss the man a Band-Aid. He didn't just say, hey, I'm praying for you that you'll be fine. The next day he took out two silver coins. Doesn't seem like much. But those two, over, two silver coins would have taken care of this man for two months. Now, he obviously trusted the innkeeper in this story. He trusted him to take care of this man. He trusted him that he would do the right thing. And then he says, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. It wasn't like he just left the inn, hopped in a, a taxi and drove away. Travel took uh, days and sometimes it took 
longer than that. So in this story, in this situation, Jesus wants uh, this teacher of the law and those listening to know that this was the extra mile. This man didn't just bandage his wounds and pray for him. This man took care of him for a series of, of days, weeks, and even months. Verse 36, he turns the question back to the teacher of the law, the expert of the law. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of Roberts? Can you imagine? It's all back now on the expert in the law. And how is he going to respond? Verse 37, the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, he couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. I have a question for you and a question for me this morning. Have we expanded our mission field out from beyond just those who we know, those who we care for? And maybe we need to expand our mission field the other way. It's easier to speak to people we don't know. And maybe we need to begin to love on those enough to share the word of God with them and the principles of God and the love of God to those that we do know, those across the hall, those uh, uh, maybe across an aisle in church who we know that are struggling, maybe those um, in a different desk at work uh, or at school. Um, It's just time we expand the message. And this is a radical situation that Jesus proposes here, but but it was because of 700 years of bitterness that Jesus, I believe, uses the Samaritan here, and I don't believe it should be wasted on you and I 2,000 years after Jesus' death. Uh, I guess I could ask myself the same question, who's the real neighbor here, and who am I being a neighbor to? And even if I have the right answer from Scripture and I can quote it, Jesus took it further and he said, now go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Maybe that's the message of today. Go and do likewise. Let me pray for you and pray for me. Numbers chapter 7, excuse me, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.